welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse is still out of town, power preaching out in New Mexico. <laughs> Jess, what parish are you at, brother? So if those who are nearby can still come. I'm at St. Helena Catholic Church in Hobbs, New Mexico. Tonight and tomorrow night, I'll be in Spanish, though, Terry. So okay. if anybody speaks right. Spanish, yeah. has Spanish-speaking parents, I'll be on tonight from 7 to 8.30 tonight. Sounds good. Well, today we've got a special show. And the reason is, anytime Bishop Schneider has something to say, I want to listen. He talks about the Senate as uh, serving up spiritual poisons to the faithful. Well, he's telling it like it is. And then, Jesse, another great bishop, Bishop Paraki, he accuses Cardinal McElroy of heresy. That's strong language. He says he may have been excommunicated. Well, we talked about this cardinal from San Diego, just south of where I sit. And we're going to talk about that. It, it really does appear Our Lady of Akita's message in 1973 <laughs> about Fatima, but also about cardinals attacking cardinals, bishops attacking bishops. We're here now, Jesse. Yeah, we're not waiting for it in the future, Terry. Uh, it's, it's, it's here and now. It's in full living color. Yeah. Uh, I just want to amend one thing, Terry. Just the month of March is dedicated to St. Joseph. So the entire month falls during the liturgical season of Lent, which is represented by the liturgical color purple. Yeah. That's a symbol of penance, mortification, and the sorrow of a contrite heart. So we say, St. Joseph, pray for us. And Jesse, the last segment is how to keep your faith and your sanity in this present darkness we find ourselves in. This is your article that's been going around the internet, and I told you that I love it because it's real practical. I think wanna, people are going to want to wait to the end to hear this one. Also, Jesse, just a good-to-know file. Uh, I mean, major victory for pro-life world. Court upholds pregnancy center's first amendment rights. And this is, again, the the St. Thomas More Society going to bat for life. Those guys are awesome. And then, Jess, here's another good-to-know file. We talk about how in the African bishops are beginning, you know, the month of the Lenten season, a call to fight the LGBT propaganda of homosexuality. Well, they've got some... Some uh, ecumenism going because an Anglican archbishop is saying to the Christian group, you need to ban abortions at this medical facility because it's being overseen by you. You can't be killing unborn babies. And I thought, well, that's the kind of ecumenism I'm looking for when we fight abortion together. And then one last thing, good to know file. I really encourage people to go to LifeSite News and watch this interview with a a Kenyan lawyer. His name is Charles Kanjama. He's on today's episode. He's talking about uh, saying that, Holy Father, you can learn from us Africans that the anti-sodomy, yeah, that's what it is, laws keep society pro-family. And I thought, well, wow. Mm. Now that's, again, being charitable, but saying, look, there's a reason why we, we will protect our family from sodomy, because it undermines the family. All right, Jess, you got any, up, any uh, good news? Or- yeah, Terry. Yep. Terry, this morning I was at a local conservative radio station run by Protestant patriots and conservatives. Good. So I was bu- I was building Those bridges, bridges with Catholics, good. and uh, these guys were saying, "Wow, I never heard a Catholic talk mm. like you." Uh, I, I I said, "They said, so what do you think about you know Protestant evangelicals?" I said, "I think you guys are people of goodwill." Luke two forty one, uh, G- the, the angels say, "Blessed be glory to God in the highest, and peace be to men of goodwill." I say, I see you Protestants. Our, our allies in the culture wars, you guys are just on different foxholes, but we're fighting the same fight. Yeah. Both of us proclaim the same Jesus Christ. We as Catholics probably go a little bit further. I told him, I said, we want Christ to be king of all nations and all hearts. 
He doesn't want him to stop at people. We want him to be king of nations. So we believe in the social kingship of Christ. It was a very fruitful conversation on radio. Uh, they, I, I said one of the advantages also that we have as Catholics that they don't, you don't, is that we have a magisterial teaching which tells us there, there's areas that we can't cross. Right. We call them the, the five non-negotiables. Whereas Protestants, I said, you know, you guys kind of defer from denomination to denomination as to the issue of abortion, same-sex marriage, homosexual blessings, and, and con contraception. Basically, there's no uh, hard, fast rule in Protestantism. No magisterium. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, we had a good conversation. I was good. talking. To, I was trying to build bridges. Good. And uh, and talking to them about uh, what we must do to to return back to order yeah. using the, the 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 phrase of our our good friend Dr. John Horvat, returning back to order. Amen, Jesse. Well, that's great. Well, anything else before we get to the gospel, the good news? No, that's it, Terry. Okay, uh, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. <clears throat> Today's holy gospel at at the holy sacrifice of the mass, Matthew chapter seven, seven to twelve. Jesus said to his disciples, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you would hand his son a stone when he asked for a loaf of bread? Or a snake when he asked for a fish? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would have them to do, do to you. This is the law and the prophets, the word of the Lord. Thanks. The gospel of the Lord, yeah. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, something real, very important here, Jesus Christ starts off today's, you know, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. Uh, a lot of people, St. James actually says in the New Testament, you have not because you ask not. Mm. And so a lot of people, I'm talking to a lot of guys here in the last couple of days, mm -hmm. just, you know, this is happening. That I said, do you pray? No, nah, not really. I said, okay, so you're not even asking God. I mean, sometimes God allows these things to happen to you for your sanctification and your and your salvation, your holiness. I said, but you have to at least ask him uh, because the New Testament, in fact, St. John's Gospel Jesus commands us to ask him in prayer nine times. Wow. We also have the diary of St. Faustina. There's a conversation St. Faustina has with Jesus, and Jesus says, you just got to ask me. Here it is. Diary, uh, nine paragraph 921. Today the Lord said to me, Faustina, my daughter, I am told that there is much simplicity in you, so why not tell me about everything that concerns you, even the smallest details? Jesus says, tell me about everything and know that this will that this will give me great joy. I, Faustina, answered, but you know about everything, mm -hmm. Lord? And Jesus replied to me, yes, I do know, but you should not excuse yourself with the fact that I know, but with childlike simplicity, talk to me about everything for my ears and heart are inclined towards you and your words are dear to me close quote jesus wants us to ask him yes he already knows what you need but he wants you to humble yourself like a child and to ask him like he's not only is he our god and lord and mm -hmm. savior 
but ask him like your best friend because that's exactly what he is, Terry. Well said, Jesse. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Fulton. And again, Bishop Sheen's been having chats with different bishops in the world. Well, next one is Cardinal Robert Seurat. He and, M- he and Bishop Sheen are chatting, and here's what the Cardinal said to Bishop Sheen, which I thought was so profound here down in, on planet Earth. He said, a man on his knees is more powerful than the world. Wow. Saints have said that. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a saint in my opinion. It is an impregnable bulwark against atheism and the madness of men. I like this last sentence. A man on his knees makes Satan's pride tremble. Jess, is that a great spiritual warfare co- comment? Yeah, yeah. There's several saints that have said that, yeah. and it's 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 very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a man on his knees makes Satan tremble. Protestants have copied. I see Protestant teachers. I say, you guys copied that from Catholics. That's not your stain. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. Jess. I always say this: you cannot have love at the expense of truth. And what we're going to be talking about. You got uh, two great bishops, Bishop Snyder and uh, then uh, Bishop Paraki. And we're going to be talking about what their thoughts are regarding the faith. And before we do that, Jesse, I, I want to remind everybody that the Spiritual Warfare Conference is sold out, but it looks like we're going to be uh, streaming live. I don't know for sure. We're working on it right now. That but would be a for, blessing. Yeah, for those people who want to see it live, Go to vmpr.org and get yourself on that list for a waiting because we do have some cancellations too. But the other thing I want to remind everybody is June 17th, we have the men's conference, Johnny Romero and Jesse Romero. When I met these two Romero brothers, that was probably 30 years ago, and they both had a really beautiful story of how they both walked back to the Catholic faith. And they have now, for the last several decades, have been sharing the gospel with men. At least 30 years. At least 30. I know, 30 years. I can't believe it went by that fast. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guarantee, Mom, who's the wife of these men, you need to send your husband to this conference. And there's plenty of room right now. It's early to register. Go to vmpr.org and sign up to register for that event. It could change your husband's view. Yeah. You, want a, you want a man that you're married to who's in love with Jesus Christ, he will love you better when he's in love with Jesus, okay? Amen. I guarantee that, Jess. That's a I want to mention. I want to mention something to the Phoenix, Arizona people. Go ahead. Saturday, March 11th, there's going to be the St. Philip Neri Comedy Festival, stand-up Catholic comedy, stat, Catholic improvs, clean comedy for the whole family. It's going to be at Vertusio Farms in Mesa, Arizona. Go to catholiccomedy.com. Go to catholiccomedy.com to sign up. Awesome. Hey, Jesse, we're going to be talking to, we're going to be reading from an article, Bishop Paraki. Are you ready for this? Uh, this He played goal, uh, goalie for an NHL Chicago Blackhawks, and then he became a bishop. No wonder why he's talking like he's talking. The guy knows how to fight for the, for the faith now. Stay with us, family. You won't want to miss that. We'll be back in a moment. Wow, we're back, Jesse. Uh, I don't know if my mic is on, but we're back. And we're going to talk about Bishop Snyder's uh, article saying that the Senate on the Synodality serves up spiritual poisons to the faithful. And Jesse, just a quick note. Uh, I mentioned that uh, the, uh, the next article we're going to talk about, Bishop Paraki, 
He wrote a book called Holy Goals, G-O-L-S, G-O-L, G-O-A-L-S, Goals for Body and Soul. And it's a picture of him uh, in a full uniform of a goalie for a NHA, NHL, NHA hockey, you know, professional hockey team, let's just say. Right. And the bottom line is, this man's a fighter. And now he's a bishop, and what does he pick up? So after this article with Bishop Schneider, we're going to talk about that too. But Jess, what's Bishop Schneider's comments about, you know, he's saying it's dangerous for this whole Senate. We've been saying that for a year and a half or two years. Yeah, he calls it spiritual poison. Yeah, that's a, uh, Bishop Schneider, he's the auxiliary bishop of Astana, Kazakhstan. Yep. And he's discussed, uh, his criticisms are, that the Synod on Synodality is discussing uh, uh, foolish things, Terry, like ecological conversion and this, uh, you know, ecumenism that's uh, that's not based on the New Testament. No. And all all these are some of the dangers being presented on the, on the Synod and Synodality. Yeah. Bishop Snyder warns how the current Synod on Synodality is a tool used to dilute ever more the clarity of the Catholic faith as we're now observing dribbling ever more confusion and doctrinal confusion into the life of the church. And that's not good for anybody, especially the lay people. Right. He said, it's a grave abuse, Bishop Snyder, it's a grave abuse of the institution of the synod, which the church for 2,000 years understood. Like, for example, one of the synodal documents is calling for a female diaconate and also using the word radical inclusion. What does that mean? Radical inclusion. That that simply means. Let's just let's just read between the lines. That means uh, same-sex marriage blessings, uh, and even probably even allowing same-sex marriage in the Catholic Church. That's what that word radical inclusion means. Let's not fool ourselves. Yeah, it's worldliness, Jesse. We we yeah. basically we've got people in the church who want a world view, and we want a biblical world view. Go ahead. Yeah, they want a secular worldview. Yep. There you go. The Vatican has highlighted how the multi-year synod on synodality is about listening, even to the point of listening to non-Catholics or lapsed Catholics or what I would call fake Catholics. But Bishop Schneider noted that a properly ordered synod has clear prerogatives. The synod is an instrument of the magisterium, but its first aim is to clarify doctrine Without any ambiguity. What, what, time without out. Let, any let, doubt. Jesse, let repeat that because this is so important. It's it's the the the, the aim to clarify doctrine without any ambiguity, without any doubt. It's just the opposite. That the, just the opposite is happening with the German yeah. synod synodality, and so the the second task of a synod should be to reject the errors of the time. What I always tell people. Love God, save souls, and slay error. Amen. The synod is supposed to reject the errors of the time. And yet Bishop Schneider, he's warned that the current actions of the synod on synodality are allowing poison, spiritual poisons to be spread. Because a true Catholic synod should also be concerned with disciplinary issues. That's where you get the word disciple. It comes from the word discipline, mm-hmm. disciple. Disciplinary issues that give a remedy against abuses. That's what Bishop Snyder said. And Terry, for example, you can see that uh, the Belgium, a Belgium Archbishop, one of the good guys, is warning that Catholic doctrine is under threat That's right. from the false teaching from coming from this synod on synodality. 
Bishop Snyder described the Synod on Synodality as resembling a parliament in a worldly manner. Popular view, popular vote. Yep. Yeah, something which is contrary to the entire history of the Catholic Church and the entire method of God. Yep. It is worldly. It is not Christian even. Yeah. Look at, remember, Christ didn't say, go and listen to all people. I know. Think he about it. He said, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. He didn't tell us to go and have listening sessions. I'm, I'm, I'm actually sick of that word. I didn't. Okay? Yeah. Because you know, I'm going to just be honest here. Here comes Captain Obvious, Captain Common Sense here. What this listening sessions mean, it means let's listen to the modernists and let's listen to the liberals. But if you go to a TLM, an Anglican ordinariate, if you're a conservative Novus Ordo Mass attendee, we don't want to listen to you. But if you're a modernist and if you're a liberal and a dissenter, we want to listen to you. That's what listening sessions mean, Terry. And we forgot. It's the word of God. It's the highest on the food chain of truth. We need to go back to having that biblical worldview. Bishop Snyder points out the uh, peculiarity of focusing the Catholic Church on, like you said, listening instead of teaching, teaching from the Bible. The entire humanity has to listen to Christ's voice. Not to each other. Really? That's common sense, I've heard. My gosh. He, we need to restate that. Yeah. The entire humanity has to listen to Christ's voice, not each other, he stated. To listen to each other instead of Christ is a, against a rev revelation, he added. In other words, Jesse, we don't base our faith on feelings, because that's what happens a lot of times in these listening. How do you there feel, you Jesse? <laughs> I don't really give a hoot about your feelings. I want to know the truth. I want to know the gospel. It sets me free I want to from get to death, heaven. from sin. I want to get to heaven. Continue, Jess. And then Christ did not say to all the apostles, go and listen to all the people, but go and teach and instruct exactly. them in what I, have, what I have taught you. Yeah, we, for we forgot this, that. Yeah, we have forgot that, Terry. This is the message of the church. Not to present herself, not to make parliamentary sessions and to listen to people, but to proclaim the truth Amen. with clarity and charity, of course. It looks like you wrote the article. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Such a mission of proclaiming the Catholic faith is a duty of the bishops, along with the Pope, noted Bishop Schneider. He also said, quote, also it is an expression of love for those who do not know the clarity of faith. Referencing the Synod's concept of coming together to listen, Bishop Snyder suggested that such an action is a dilution of the Catholic faith and an irresponsibility and a gesture even of non-charity from the side of the Pope and the bishops. Spot Why? On. Spot on. This is because people are in need of clarity, in need of structure, or as Dr. John Horvath says, a return to moral order. Well, I'll tell you one bishop that calls it like it is, Bishop Strickland. Yeah. He just made a, a, a statement that sexual sins are spiritual fentanyl eroding our culture. See, those are the types of conversations we need on the synod and synodality. Yeah. So highlighting the example of widespread practices of homosexuality, adultery, and numerous moral sins, Bishop Snyder also suggests that prelates who fail in their duty of warning against such sins are actually sinning themselves. That's yeah, just, a, Jesse, just read Ezekiel, read, read Ezekiel chapter 13. I'm just going to tell you that. that yeah. That's a biblical, that's not a judgment. That's just a fact. 
because we have a responsibility for the same way Jess Romero and Terry Barber have a responsibility as fathers in our families. If we don't give direction to our kids, we sin. Same thing. That's right. When the Pope and bishops are not instructing them with the most possible clarity and in, and in respect and charity, they are sinning. Such synods are against the basic mission, the divine mission, which God gave to the Pope and the bishops, and are, and also, and are also sinning against the commandment of charity for one's neighbors. Now, some people may be scandalized because Bishop Schneider said that the Pope and bishops that don't that fail to instruct yeah. are sinning. Remember, John Paul II, he himself said that he used to go to confession once a week. Yeah. Well, he obviously went to confess what? Not virtue, sin. Mm -hmm. So don't they, he's called St. John Paul II now. And so if he saw himself fit to, to go and, and could a confession every week for his sins, then don't be scandalized because Bishop Snyder said that the Pope and Bishop sin. Right. Of course they do. They're all men. And, 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 and one of the ways that they sin, he's alluding to, is by omission, right. by not saying what their apostolic office mandates them to say, which is the truth that sets people free. He ends, Terry, by saying making the, the Eucharist the center of your life. You want to pick that up? Yeah. Uh, Jesse, let me just make, mention this, though. He did say this, that the uh, he urged Catholics to make Holy Eucharist the center of their life. So... Like on Thursday, this is pr appropriate. I know what Bishop Strick, Bishop Athanasius Snyder did today. It's Thursday. He went and prayed before the Blessed Sacrament for the Passio because he's an Opus Angelorum member. And before the Eucharistic King, we were praying for priests. That's what he does every Thursday. That's what we do here every Thursday at our chapel. Now, he encourages receiving Holy Communion with great reverence. And what does he mean by that? Kneeling down and on the tongue to avoid any danger of profanation, of minimalization, of reverence. So in other words, not talking in church. I had that yesterday, a lady wanted to talk. I said, come on, let's go outside and talk. Here we're praying. You gotta, people just don't get it, but we're gotta, we've got to repeat this. Yeah. Additionally, Bishop Schneider, a vocal proponent of the church traditional liturgy, states that to seek out a traditional mass is a gesture of love to neighbors, and an act of fidelity to Holy Mother, the Church. He says, being adorers of the Holy Eucharist, lovers of the Eucharist, and also of the traditional Mass, which is the Mass of the Saints, he said, promote this, seek this, make this known to your neighbors and to your young people. This is a gesture of love to them and fidelity to Holy Mother, the Church. He's really speaking out frankly, and we need more guys like him because, you know, Jesse, we talk about sins of omission. Let's define what a sin of omission is. When you know you need to tell somebody something and correct them and you don't do it and you're responsible as maybe a father or a bishop or a priest, you need to share the fullness of the faith. And by not telling them what the people need to hear, then you're participating in that sin. Terry, I, can, I want to say also, I like a lot of the things that he's suggesting, but we have to remember that even the Latin mass, that's not the silver bullet no. that's to solve the crisis in the no. church, because I'll tell you why many of the abuses that came into the Catholic church came in from people that were formed in the Latin mass, that's McCarrick, Mahoney, Dearden, Bernardine, yep. Weakland, yep. etc. They were all trained in traditional Catholicism, right. Roman catechism, Baltimore catechism, yep. 
The modernist problem started about 150 to 200 years ago. It's documented well in Taylor Marshall's book, uh, Infiltration. And so what we need, Terry, the most important thing that we need, because there's 24 liturgies, two Latin rite, Novus Ordo Mass, Latin Mass in the West, and 22 rites in the East. <clears throat> what we need, whatever rite you attend, we need to cultivate our interior life yep. and become holy through the cultivation of our interior life and, 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 and promoting a life of virtue. You're just mimicking what Bishop Strickland said yesterday, Jesse, on the Bishop Strickland show. <laughs> it's amazing, almost word for word. That'll be on next uh, Tuesday after our Terry and Jesse show. When we come back, Bishop Paraki accuses Cardinal McElroy of heresy. Says he may have excommunicated himself. What? Boy, those are fighting words, Jesse. Hey, when we come back, we'll talk about that and much more here on the Terry and Jesse show. Stay with us, man. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse, when I saw this article, I about fell off my chair. And again, it reminds me of Our Lady of Akita's message in yes. 1973. You know, it's yes. a fatal message, but also she talked about the bishops attacking each other, accusing each other of heretical teachings. We're living in that time because Bishop Paraki accused Cardinal McElroy of San Diego of heresy. And Bishop, and Bishop Aquila, two weeks ago, it, yeah. he, he also yep. wrote a letter correcting uh, Cardinal McElroy of San Diego. Yeah, and many other bishops. The guy from uh, Bishop Newman from Kansas City, uh, Kansas. Bishop Strickland also condemned him. Uh, Bishop James Conley of Lincoln, Nebraska. More bishops are going, wait a minute, this cardinal is out of bounds. He's wrong. So let's go ahead and get into this article from Bishop Thomas Paraki. Again, the guy is a, a former hockey uh, goalie. That's a rough sport, Terry. That's a, full, that's a full contact sport, so that tells me he's a full contact bishop. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let me. Uh, yeah, Akita Japan said this oh, yeah. one sentence. Yeah. 1973, Our Lady said, The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see the cardinals opposing cardinals. Bishops against bishops. Yeah, and you know what, Jesse, what's interesting is it was in August of 72, Pope Paul VI said the smoke of Satan has entered the church. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. Elaborating wow. evidence, brother. Uh, hey, I think Paraki, he's, yeah, he's, he's dropping yeah. the gloves off, man. He's putting yeah. uh, Milk the, the in. The gloves are off. Yeah. The gloves are off. With the, in, a cardinal of the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. like any other Catholic who denies settled Catholic teaching, yeah. embraces heresy. The result of which is automatic excommunication. These are the words of Bishop of Prockey. Yep. He's accusing Cardinal McElroy of heresy. And he says that he excommunicated himself. So Bishop Thomas Paprocki stepped up his criticism of yep. Cardinal Robert McElroy. Yeah. Using the San Diego Cardinal and other dissident prelates of heresy and suggesting that they have excommunicated them themselves from the church. Writing in First Things last week, Bishop of Crockey said that Cardinal McElroy is called to give Holy Communion to grave sinners, including homosexual and adulterers, meets the definition of heresy, the penalty for which is automatic excommunication. Without naming McElroy, the bishop quoted directly from a widely criticized article that McElroy wrote for America Magazine last month in which he explicitly rejected a theology 
of Eucharistic coherence. <laughs> in other words, being in line with what St. Paul's teaching exactly. in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Imagine, he says, if a cardinal of the Catholic Church were to publish an article in which he condemned the theology of Eucharistic co coherence that multiplies barriers to the grace and gift of the Eucharist and stated that unworthiness cannot be the prism of accompaniment for disciples of the God of grace and mercy, he wrote, quoting McCardinal's McElroy. article. In other words, what, what Bishop Paprocki quoted, he just quoted the error of McElroy's theology in this paragraph. So Bishop Paprocki, who leads the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois and serves as chairman-elect of the Church's Governance Committee of the U.S. Bishops' Conference, also took aim at cardinals who have denied the Catholic doctrine on homosexuality. It's about time. Thank you, Cardinal Bishop. Yes, thank you. Here's what he's, Bishop Paprocki said. And if I, was, I was in his diocese last month, Derry. Mm -hmm. So yep. uh, when I get into a diocese, that means a bishop likes me. That's exactly. That's pretty much the case. <laughs> yeah. He said, quote, Or what if a cardinal of the Catholic Church were to state publicly that homosexual acts are not sinful and same-sex unions should be blessed by the church? Paprocki wrote, until recently, Paprocki said, it would be hard to imagine any successor of the apostles making such heterodox statements. Close Jesse, quote. let me just jump in and say exactly what the cardinal said. He said the distinction between orientation and activity cannot be the principal focus for such pastoral embrace because it inevitably suggests dividing the LGBT community into those who refrain from sexual activity and those who do not. Well, I mean, he said it right there. He said, rather than the dignity of every person as a child of God struggling in the world and loving outreach of God must be the heart, soul, face, and substance of the church stance and pastoral action. I read the whole paragraph. Basically, he said, we should not make a distinction between active homosexuality and a tendency to act on it but not doing it. Are you kidding me, Jess? Yeah, multiple cardinals, including Jean-Claude Hollerich, a pro-LGBT yep. prelate, and Reinhard Marx, yep. another pro-LGBT prelate, yep. have publicly repudiated Catholic teachings on the sinfulness of homosexuality in recent months. And I'll, I'll just going to say what St. Jerome basically says, yeah. when you have a theological heretic, yeah. he's unchaste. Yeah, of course. Okay? Makes sense. St. Jerome said that. Oh, yeah. So... Hollerich, the Archbishop of Luxembourg City and, and Relator General for Pope Francis' Synod and Synodality, declared last year that Catholic teaching against sodomy is false and should be changed. The late Cardinal George Pell accused Hollerich of explicit heresy Thank you. and urged the Vatican to censure him. I don't know when this Pope is going to listen to the obvious, uh, the obvious uh, advisor uh, uh, advisors. Of, of orthodoxy, I I, we just we gotta, like we kind of keep and pray yeah. that Pope Francis follows the lead of these orthodox prelates. But Marx, he's the Archbishop of Munich and a member of Pope Francis' Council of Cardinals. He ha has performed same-sex blessings and claimed in April that homosexuality is not a sin. Cardinal Mario Gretsch, the Secretary General of the Synod of Bishops has also suggested that the church could bless same-sex union, unions. McElroy, for his part, 
has attacked Catholic teaching that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered and suggested that they are not necessarily sinful. Let me give you the backdrop to this. Yes, please. These men, without a doubt, in my mind, Jesse Romero's mind, I'm not speaking for the Church of Terry, are Freemasons. They're part of secret societies. They are infiltrators that work for the Freemasons or the Illuminati or the Communist Party or all three. And these are plants in the Catholic Church. We've been warned by documents like Alta Vendita, uh, Belladad School of Darkness. Uh, Somebody say, Jesse, you're crazy. This is a conspiracy theory. No, we've been warned and it's been documented historically. Well, unfortunately, the bishop said it's not uncommon today to hear Catholic leaders affirm unorthodox views that not too long ago would have been espoused only by heretics. Now, we have to use that word orthodox. That means right teaching. There's a heterodox, which is what the cardinal's teachings are. And we we know that for too long we've been hearing this. And the challenge is that these are heretic and heresy are strong words that he's using. But I think it's right. It's appropriate because contemporary ecclesiastical politeness has softened to gentler expressions such as our separated brethren, our Christian faithful who are not in full communion with the Catholic Church, he added. Wow, he said it. I've said the same thing, Jesse. But the reality is that those who are separated and not in full communion are separated not in full communion because they reject essential truths of the faith, which was once and for all delivered to the saints, but here's the kicker. Why don't you, this last part is good, Jess. Though the idea that a bishop may be separated or not in full communion because of heresy is deeply troubling, oh, yeah. wrote Bishop Paprocki. The errors promoted by Cardinal McElroy, yep. McElroy and like-minded prelates indeed involve heresy. Yet both cases, both the cases mentioned above, would in fact involve heresy since heresy is defined as the obstinate denial or obstinate doubt after the reception of baptism, of some truth which is to be believed by divine and Catholic faith, Bishop Aprocki explained, citing Canon 751 of the Code of Canon Law. It's important. He also quoted Canon 750, which states that all members of the faithful must believe with divine and Catholic faith all those things contained in the Word of God, written or handed on, that is, in the one deposit of faith. And that anyone who rejects propositions which are to be held definitively sets himself against the teachings of the Catholic Church. Let me just jump I, in. I can tell you Exhibit A, yeah. Father James Martin. There you go. He, and, he's a material heretic that's excommunicated himself. And Jesse, these are the things that they make promises when they're priests and bishops right in front of the whole congregation that they will not deviate from the perennial teachings of the church. So this is serious matter. Now, Bishop Paraki noted the penalty for heresy is extremely serious. Automatic. Uh, excommunication and applies to prelates as well as the faithful. But you know, Jesse, it's like anything. Laws that aren't implemented aren't really laws. So go ahead and continue. Canon law provides such a severe penalty due to the nature of the office since a person who espouses apostasy, heresy, or schism has de facto separated themselves ontologically, that is, in reality, from the communion of the church, he wrote, Thus, heretics, apostates, and schismatics inflict the penalty of excommunication upon themselves. Jesse, that paragraph it says that a lot of these guys aren't even in the church and they're prelates today. Yeah, I would say that there, there's 14 pro-LGBT bishops in, 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 in the United States, yeah. one of them being my bishop in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona, 
you know what they've done, whether they realize it or not? Yeah, they separate they've themselves. automatically excommunicated themselves because wow. they're denying settled Catholic teaching by promoting the pro-LGBT ideology, which is one of the four deadly sins that, that screams to heaven. Wow. Jesse, uh, as with any Catholic cardinal who denies settled Catholic teachings and embraces heresy, the result of which is automatic communication with the Catholic Church— this is really clear teaching, and no one's really been speaking like this, but he referred to Cardinal McElroy, Bishop Rocky stressed that it is contrary to a truth which is to be believed by divine Catholic faith to reject or condemn a theology of Eucharistic coherence. This multiplies barriers to the grace and gift of the Eucharist as if no such barrier existed. Jesse, I want to take a couple minutes on the other side of this break before we get into your article. No, no, no. We, we sh we'll, we'll table my article for tomorrow. Let's finish off on this. This is important because these are bishop statements that are giving clarity. We need to finish this off. Well, we'll, ta we'll table my topic tomorrow. I agree. And, and barriers to the Holy Eucharist do exist, and they are a matter of divine revelation, he insisted. Remember somebody high up in the church said, I'd never refuse somebody Holy Communion? That's not what the Catholic Church teaches, Jesse. I know. I'm, you got the message. Hey, this is the Terry and Jesse Show. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. We're going to say, Bishop Brocky, we want you on our team. I'd like to have him on my team. He took the gloves off right now, Jess, and I, and I think it's time. Yeah, it's a fight for faith. God bless you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back, Jess. We've got some great uh, listeners. One of our listeners says, hey, the current church is like a hockey game without any referees, and the commissioner doesn't know the rules of the game. You know what? <laughs> That's a fair analogy. Wow. All right, brother. Here, uh, it, the current church is like this, Terry, and it's, yeah. it always has been. Yeah. It's like Noah's Ark. Yeah, there you go. Okay? Uh, you have the patriarchs. Nobody's listening to Noah. Everybody thinks he's crazy. Everybody uh, decides yeah. to live outside of the ark, and they drown and go to hell. Yeah. Only Noah and his eight family members are saved. But what's what's who's the company Noah the whole time for 40 days? A bunch of animals. It's crowded. It's probably hot and muggy in there. There's poop Thank all over you. the floor. There's urine all over the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? But uh, even in those accommodations, yep. had no one and their eight family members jumped off the ark, they would have died and gone to hell. Well said. That's what the Catholic Church is like. It's the modern-day Noah's Ark. You got it, Jess. So Bishop Paprocki says, the truth about Eucharistic coherence that must be believed by divine and Catholic faith was articulated by St. Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians. Uh, chapter 11, verses 27 to 29, where he says this, quote, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, that means in a state of mortal sin, will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment upon himself. In a simple way, that's the, that's the, the new code of canon law says, if you're in a if you're if you're in a state of mortal sin, you must refrain from receiving holy communion. That's a simple English way of saying what Saint Paul just said to the Corinthians in chapter eleven. This has been the constant teaching of the Catholic Church for the past two thousand years. Nothing's changed. Even the New Catechism states the following: the obvious quote: "Anyone aware of having sinned mortally must not receive communion." 
without having received absolution in the sacrament of penance, close quote. A mortal sin is one which destroys charity in the heart of man by a grave violation of God's law. It turns man away from God. Maybe somebody should send that to Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and, and Mr. Fauci. The first letter to the Corinthians notably lists homosexuality, adultery, and sexual immorality as grievous sins. With regard to the sinfulness of homosexual acts, Bishop Paprocki further wrote, quote, the truth that must be believed with, with divine and Catholic faith is also stated clearly in the Catechism, where it talks about homosexuality mm -hmm. in 2357. Here's what it says. Yep. Basing itself on sacred scripture, which presents homosexual acts as, as acts of grave depravity, tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to the natural law. They close a sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine, effective sexual complementarity. Under no circumstances can they be approved. I can't understand why Father James Martin, who's highly educated, and Cardinal Hellerich and others can't understand how clear that teaching is. Yeah, see, they Bible. understand it. They just don't agree with it. I've heard Father Martin say, the catechism's wrong. The Bible is wrong. I mean, really? That's an audacity from their position, but that's what they, they understand what the church teaches. They just don't agree with it. They're blinded by Satan. Yep. Second Corinthians then make sure you're, you're, you're stupid too. Yeah. And if you don't think Satan goes after bishops, guess what? Oh yeah. Bishops and politicians are their preferred targets. Oh yeah. Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, the, the former prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, who, who has similarly described rejection of Catholic teaching on homosexuality as heresy. Again, quoting canon law, Bishop Paprocki noted that heretical clerics can be punished with removal from the clerical state and their ecclesiastical office through, through only a pope, though, though only a pope, can impose those penalties on a cardinal. Wow. And don't hold don't, don't hold, hold your, your breath, breath for yeah. breath for Pope Francis to do that because they're all his friends. Yep. Paprocki says if he does not do so, the unseemly prospect arises of a cardinal excommunicated late sententia due to heresy, voting in a papal conclave, Paprocki warned, we must pray that the Holy Spirit will not let this happen and will inspire anyone who espouses heretical views to renounce them and seek reconciliation with our Lord and his church. There's a widening backlash against McElroy, and that's good. a good thing. Could be. Bishop Paprocki's latest essay comes days after he wrote an article in the Catholic World Report, slamming McElroy's attacks on Catholic sexual ethics and accusing him of promoting the heretical fundamental option theory. Yep. The Springfield Bishop specifically condemned statements that McElroy made in an interview with America earlier this month in which McElroy claimed that the church is too focused on sexual things and needs a looser framework for sexuality. The Cardinal seems to be calling for the church to devalue the gravity of sexual sin, but sexual sin is part of the framework found in God's word, Bishop Paprocki responded. McElroy's series of recent heterodox comments have provoked an explosion of criticism from U.S. bishops such as Archbishop Samuel Aquila of Denver, Archbishop Joseph Neiman of Kansas City, yep. and Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, yep. and Bishop James Conley of Lincoln, Nebraska. 
Archbishop Charles Chaput, the Archbishop Emeritus of Philadelphia, has called McElroy to be publicly corrected by the Holy See. Unfortunately, Pope Francis made McElroy a cardinal last August, yep. despite the San Diego's prelates' long record of disobeying and criticizing Catholic teaching. Well, Jesse, it just seems that Pope Francis is all, has been uh, promoting people who have heretical positions. So this is a responsibility he has to deal with on his exit interview. But I will say this. Bishop Cordelione of San Francisco, Bishop Strickland, um, Bishop Paraki, about two years ago, were up at the Napa Institute, and I went to go make my holy hour at five in the morning, and all three of those bishops were in church before I got there for the 6.30 Mass, and we were praying the rosary together. I got to pray with all those men, and I thought about it. I said, these guys, they, they, they're the real deal, man. They, they speak, and they pray, and I think, Jesse... It, you're not going to be able to speak up for the truth if your interior life isn't real yes. good. Is that does that make sense? How else can you have the courage to speak up if you're not communing with the Father? Yeah, Terry, the soul of the apostolate is the interior life. Yeah. Period. And the sacraments and prayer are the soul of the apostolate. Terry, here's what the left has been using on the left, the theological left, mm -hmm. the modernist is that yeah. the word that, that's used. Yes. They have what's called odium theologicum. They hate the faith. They have hatred of the faith. And this is nothing new. How do they try to destroy the faith? Well, one of the ways they're doing it is this fundamental option theory that you see McElroy kind of proposing. Yeah. What is the fundamental option theory? This is a modernist heresy that claims that the, that, that, that the key claims of the fundamental option theory are that individual acts do not change our basic orientation to God. And that only when our fundamental option changes against God, do we fall out of a state of grace. So in other words, the fundamental option theory teaches a person can commit particular sins without losing the state of grace so long as you love God. That's false. That's a separation of the intellect from the will. Yeah, in other words, what you embrace in the mind, faith, it must come out through the will, through your actions, through your obedience to the gospel. You cannot just say, I love God and live in un uh, unconfessed, unrepentant, mortal sin and expect to live in a state of grace and go to heaven. That's called the, the heresy or the modernist heresy of the fundamental option theory. And Jesse, that has been taught in the seminary for the last yeah. 50 years. Richard McCormick was known as the guy that put that together. And you know what it really does too, Jesse? It justifies you saying, well, you know, fornication, come on. One, I mean, fornication, it doesn't ruin a marriage. Come on, it's only one time, three times, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter because, you know, uh, I still love my wife. You see what yeah. that does, Jesse? Infidelity is infidelity, but what does it do? It justifies bad action saying, don't worry about it. And that's what that is doing. And this is why we need to nail it right up front and say no. That's not what the Catholic Church teaches. Yeah, these modernist dissenters, Terry, they also have an, uh, an, they have what's called in Latin, odium fide. Yeah. Odium fide means hatred of the faith. See, that, that's, that's serious matter, Jesse. You know, yeah. sometimes I wonder, and I'll just be right up front before we end our show, I really wonder what some of these bishops believe because it's not what I believe as a Catholic. It's like a yeah. total different religion, man. It's like, what yeah. is it, secular humanism? Is that what they're worshiping? 
that's apparently in other words yes yeah, secular humanism they they place there's an overemphasis on the material yeah. things of the world or on matter to the rejection of the spiritual you know which 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 this basically leads to pragmatic atheism so secular humanists though they may say they're not atheists they're practical atheists because everything is emphasized on the ecology, on recycling, on the ocean, on the carbon footprints, on too many people on planet Earth. Uh, and so there's this emphasis on the material and the rejection of the supernatural, the spiritual. That's secular humanism. Well, and that's and that's what many of our prelates have embraced here. Yeah, and you know, like I gave the other day, the Observatory Romano, the official newspaper for the Vatican, saying that we need to fast from a fossil fuel. For 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 uh, Lent, rather than rather than fasting from sin, I mean, you see, there's an example of how did that person get inside the church to do that when when in fact that's not the the teachings of the church. See, and this is what concerns us, and that's why we need to pray for Holy Mother of the Church every day, especially our leaders, Amen. and that's what we do every Thursday night here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. And I would encourage you at your home on Thursdays because that's the institution of the Holy Eucharist and also the priesthood. So make that day dedicated to praying for priests, bishops, and the Pope. Absolutely, Terry. I think that's, uh, we're coming to an end, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Really? This is what we have. And Jesse, this is why I made that comment of Cardinal Seurat when he said that. He said, a man on his knees is more powerful than the entire world. Yeah. It is an impregnable bulwark against atheism and the madness of men. A man on his knees makes Satan's pride tremble. Amen to that, Brother Jess. Amen. Wrap it up, brother. Yep. Uh, as Catholics, remember, live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Go to confession at least once a month. Pray a rosary daily. Be holy or die trying. Wow. And remember, tomorrow we got something but Jesse Romero about how to keep your faith and your sanity in this present darkness we find ourselves in. This is really important. I want to dedicate a whole segment tomorrow to that because remember our lady of fatima said this our that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices are you willing to make sacrifices and praying for our leaders i hope so look at what we just had to discuss yes what state should we be living in brother <laughs> state of new mexico no, no. sanctifying grace yeah. i hope you enjoy the show as much as we do sometimes we have to talk about tough subjects but you know what we have the faith to know that we win at the end. And I know you know that. And I want to thank you for supporting us here.